Greetings, June Squad. It is I, Jay, fastest nerd alive. With me, as always, is my stalwart companion, the Lord Commander of the Nerds Watch, and the Dark Nerd Detective, Sir Christopher. Today, we have the honor and privilege of recording at a historic landmark and the headquarters of the Justice League of America, the Hall of Justice. Man, th this place is amazing, Chris. Absolutely. I love this place. You know, the one thing that bothers me a little bit, these guys seem a little bit full of themselves. What are you talking about? Well, it's just, you know, they have 40-foot statues of themselves. You know, that that just, I, I don't know. I, I, I would never do that. I would. And you, my super friends, are just in time for the Just Us Nerds podcast. In a world where two nerds come together to talk about all things nerdy, Just Us Nerds podcast was born. We talk about comics, movies, and all things in between. Get ready to have your mind blown by the most amazing podcast ever recorded anywhere, ever. The Just Us Nerds Podcast. Aw, oh, yeah. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> I am so sorry, my English is not so good. <laughs> I love that, that Trading Places uh, joke. I didn't get a chance to watch it this year. We were just talking about how that, that's a that's kind of a tradition, right? Yeah, New Year's Eve. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't get to see it. Beef jerky time. <laughs> but anyway, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, man. Merry New Year. Whatever you know, whatever the case may be. We survived another year. We did. We survived 2016. Thank God. Yeah. Um. It, and you know, 2000. There were a lot of people who didn't, though. Oh my God. Yeah. 2016 was one of the most horrible years. We're actually going to talk about it a, a little bit later in the yeah. in the show. Uh, yeah, we, we lost a whole bunch of very talented people. Uh, let's hope that 2017 bodes a, a little bit better. Um. So you know, it, we got a lot of exciting things to talk about. We got we do. Uh, I've been reading a bunch of comic books. Oh, same. Uh, so you know, we got comic books to talk about. We got some things to talk about in movie talk, and got some things to talk about in toy news. So let's let's jump right in. Let's go. Uh, what you been reading, man? Uh, I have been reading actually a shit ton of comics. Yeah, I know what you were telling me, but a, a slowed, if you will. Oh, I like that. A, a shit load. A slowed. You just learned a new word today. Um. So, let me just start with, I've read a lot of notes about, I've been reading a lot of Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about this when you seemed kind of excited, so let's let's talk about that. There's a big event going on right now in Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man's not guilty anymore? He's not, Well, no, he's still guilty. Oh, shit. Uh, it's, so, I'm specifically going to be talking about issues uh, 3 of Clone Conspiracy and uh, issues twenty, issue twenty two of the Amazing Spider Man. Uh -huh. So th this uh, is going to contain spoilers. So if you haven't read either of those issues yet, you might want to skip ahead. So the the story takes place in the midst of this major current event called the Clone Conspiracy. Mm -hmm. The villain of the storyline is the Jackal, who we've we've talked about him a couple times. Yes, and I would like to point out, you know what I love about this version of the Jackal. He actually looks like a jackal. He looks. He does. He's look, not a goblin. He's not like a furry Yoda. No, he looks like Anubis. He wears. He wears the Anubis mask. But he has the suit. He wears this black and red suit. And kind of fancy threads. He kind of looks like like the devil would appear. Very you know? very GQ. Yeah, very, I like very, it. Very GQ. So, um, not a typical Spider-Man villain. No, no. I'd say the Kingpin is as far as okay. If we're going to talk well-dressed Spider-Man villains. 
probably it, it would go this jackal and then the kingpin. Uh, maybe, chameleon. Uh, chameleon, maybe tombs, Whatever else. Possibly tombstone. Uh, um, hammerhead. Uh, oh, yeah, hammerhead. Hammerhead's always in a suit. Mafiosos are always yeah, they always very, very nice. impeccably gotta look nice. always dressed to the nines. Anyway, off, so, off topic. So the the villain in this in the story, the jackal, uh, you know, he was a you know we've talked about him on the show, but for those of you not familiar, this guy was a professor at uh, of biology at Empire State University who became a supervillain. Uh, mm. he, he's an expert in genetics. And the Jackal's M.O. has basically been to, to create clones of Spider-Man or, or those close to him. So in this story, uh, the, the clone conspiracy, the Jackal is back and he's running a company that's called New You. And that company specializes in revolutionary, revolutionary medical procedures. With a change of blood and a change of skin and a change of hair. I added about 40 or 50 years to my life. They also replaced my spleen and colon. What do you think? Yeah, no, I don't know if they Looks helped. Good, Doc. I, I, I don't know if they they helped out Doc Brown or or, or not. Maybe, maybe you know what? Ooh, how's that for continuity? Yeah, we need that. Um, so, um, so but, but one of the one of the really revolutionary procedures is they can freaking bring dead people back to life. Yes, they started like in the first issue. It's it was Rhino's wife. It was Rhino's wife. Uh, let's let's kind of go through them. They brought back Rhino's wife. They brought back Kurt Connor's wife yes. and son. Yes. Uh, they brought back J. Jonah Jameson's wife, mm-hmm. uh, his his second wife. They chose not to bring back his first ah, wife. You know, that was Jonah. He's like, I don't want her. I don't want the first one. <laughs> My second wife was hotter. I, I like the second one. That first one, let her rot. Uh, and, and so, yeah, they... they so do you's been bringing all these people back from the dead. And so it, this is really... That's a good trick, man. It, it's pretty good. Um, you know, wouldn't that suck if your like if your HMO didn't cover that? It's like, oh, you know, yeah, sorry, that that's that's elective, that's an elective yeah, procedure. Yeah, sorry, man, that was an extra. You could, you're not gonna. We're only gonna pay like twenty percent of that, so we're gonna bring twenty percent of you we're back. Maybe twenty twenty percent of you back to which life. one do you want? The top half or the low half? Couldn't you? See, I could see an HMO doing that. Yeah. I could totally see them. Like doing literally, that. they're all like good, except like from their knee down on one of their legs. You know, like oh, what's that smell? I don't want to talk about it. HMO bastards. Anyway. Um, I mean, so this has been a main plot point of the clone conspiracy. You have these people coming back from, uh, from Spider-Man's life, coming back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in these two issues, there's a big reveal here, Chris. So I'm going to be spoiling something for you. Whoa. You, you going to be okay with it? I'm ready to go. The big reveal is that the current Jackal is not Miles Warren. What? He is, in fact, Ben Riley. Wait a minute. Ben Riley. Ben Riley. Ben Riley. Did you say Ben Riley? I said Ben Riley. All right. So, are you talking Spider Man? I'm talking sort of. He's Spider sort of. Of okay. So, if you don't know who Ben Riley is, here's here's the quick Wikipedia on it. Well, it's actually not that quick. Um. So way back, October 1975. October 1975. See, that was the that was the Rain Man in me. It's like <laughs> back in. You know, bring that back. Like, October 1975! <laughs> way back, way back. October 1975 in Amazing Spider-Man 149. The Jackal... So in this story, the Jackal successfully cloned both Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. Ugh. Yeah. Um, at, because the whole the Jackal's whole deal is that he's obsessed with Gwen Stacy. So after she died, you know, he wanted to clone her and do... Blame the Goblin! Don't God, blame Peter! God, God knows what to her. <laughs> uh, and uh, he wanted to show her the jackal. Well, it kind of makes you wonder why is he cloning Peter Parker? <laughs> like, now, what? kiss. Yeah, exactly. Now kiss. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, so 
So he manages. So let's talk about what this weirdo was doing. He, he, he manages to clone both Peter Parker and and Gwen Stacy. But before he's able to get them down to their love dungeon, into his love dungeon, <laughs> uh, he also managed to capture the real Peter Parker. So Peter Parker wakes up. He's in Shea Stadium in his Spider-Man costume. He wakes up. There is the clone of Peter Parker, also in the Spider-Man costume. And okay. he hands Gwen Stacy a gun and says, you have to kill one of them. No, not quite. You really love that scenario. I that do. Because lo- <laughs> I'd shoot them both. <laughs> one of these days we're going to talk about a story where that actually is like a thing. Okay. But no, that's not what happens here. No, he gets the two Spider-Men to fight. And what was interesting about this story... Please tell me there's the Kirk music in the background. I, well, I think in your mind, if you want it to be yeah. this, then, then yes. Are yes, given the was. bladed spears? I don't think the bladed spears. But the thing that was... That was not the neat thing about this. The neat thing about this story was you legitimately did not know who was the real... Yeah, Peter I mean, Parker. they are identical, completely identical. Their genetics, everything completely identical. At the end of that story, the clone, or we think the clone, is is killed. Is is killed. And Peter Parker, not wanting to have to explain another dead Peter Parker, dumps his body in a smokestack and takes off. But there's a moment at the end of the story where someone, where the I think it's the Gwen clone that asks him, well, are you the real Peter Parker or are you the clone? He goes, well, I'm, I'm the real Peter Parker. And she asks him, how do you know? Because part of the Jackal's cloning process is... You got all the memories. He, he figures out a way to give the clone all of the memories. And there's that moment where Peter, or we, we think it's Peter, is like, whoa, far out. This is the, the... What was the name of that movie? With Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. It was a magician movie. Oh, yeah, uh, The Prestige. The, the Prestige. The, I, anytime I have, to, I have to say this, Michael King, The Prestige. The Prestige. He's the most important part of the magic act. Anyway, very good. Man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But that's exactly what that is. So, so this all happened way back in 1975. Meanwhile, flash forward now to 1995. Okay, Ooh. 20 years later, Ben. R- so, hang on, sorry, not Ben. R- he's not Ben Riley yet. Uh, scratch that. He's not Ben. R- you hear that, people? Scratch that. Forget he said it. Okay, so it turns out the clone was not really dead. So, right. You should see the look in his eye. He is. This is a man who is shocked. The clone was was not really dead. So the clone then decides, okay, I'm a clone. I'm not the real Peter Parker. I'm not going to live out his life. So I'm going to hop on a motorcycle and ride out of town. Okay? <laughs> Literally, he did. I'm a ride out of town. Really? He did the whole yeah. renegade Lorenzo Lamas. Just, oh, <laughs> when you need him, he'll be there. And, and so he adopts the name Ben Riley. Okay, so now he's Ben Riley. So the spider clone adopts the name Ben Riley, which is, do you know where the name comes from? Well, Ben is Uncle Ben. He's Uncle Ben and Riley. Where do you think that name comes from? Uh, famous second baseman Kevin Riley from the New York Yankees? You are very close. You are so close on this one. It is actually Aunt May's maiden name. Uh, you were like by a hair. God, you missed that God one. God damn it. So he adopts the name Ben Ben Riley, and then in 1995, okay, mm-hmm. we get our first clone saga. So that's where Ben Riley comes back into Spider-Man's life, and someone throws a monkey wrench into things by suggesting that Ben, ben was the real Spider-Man all along, and that Peter was actually was the clone. Yeah. And then we had this whole period of time where Peter he rides off like Lorenzo Lamas with Mary Jane out of town, and lets Ben become Spider-Man for a while. But then, then it turns out the whole thing was the machinations of the Green Goblin and Peter was Peter the whole time and Ben was Ben the whole time. And then, to make a long story short, 
Ben disintegrates and turns into dust. Huh. All right. I love... See, you know what that was? <laughs> that... They're like, how are we going to kill him? Well, you know... He just, you know... Poof! Poof! He melts like a poof, like a fart in the wind. <laughs> He's like the Wicked Witch of the West with a bucket. So, yeah. So, so now, now you're, you're almost caught up. So with these issues now, the clone clone conspiracy. Well, there's three, a lot of issues going on here, and the we we got issues. We got issues. We got issues. The clone conspiracy number three, Amazing Spider-Man twenty-two, are recounting what happened. So, uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, first of all, is because I got to ask you because remember we had that problem during the Superman saga because you were saying you had that issue of the retelling. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Um. Because it's the retelling of the of the series. Well, they weren't retelling. Everything I just told you was not in, in the comic okay. book. No, no, no. What they're doing is filling in the gaps. What happened between the moment that Ben Riley oh. melts and how he becomes the Jackal so now. So that, that makes more... Do you like that better idea of how that was? Like, that made you want to read the originals? Did that make you... It... Uh, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this, Chris. Because even for a comic book... It's just, this is, it's just, it's bananas. So this it's is, just cra- this is that crazy guy with like the, the, you know, uh, conspiracy theory on his wall with all the pieces and the red yarn and they're all attaching all over the room and it's going <laughs> all over the place. And it's kind of entertaining to watch, but you're also kind of like disturbed at the same time. That's a little bit what this is. I believe that term is called train wreck. Okay. Uh, it is a bit of a train wreck because, okay, so here's how we got to this point in the story. So after Ben melted okay mm. on the rooftop with, with peter peter figures okay i'm not going to get a dustpan and sweep this guy up and give him a proper burial i'm just going to leave him on the rooftop he needed to consume him and then as he does he says there can be only one <laughs> exactly so apparently to be fair to peter i think during the time it was in the middle of a fight with the green goblin so that that can't be helped but apparently who should happen to be there johnny on the spot right after peter's gone but Miles Warren, the jackal, with his little broom and his little dustpan <laughs> to sweep up the remains of Ben Riley. Why? So we can make him again. So we can make him again. And <laughs> so he makes this poor bastard. He makes him again. And now makes him, because he, he, Miles has perfected it now, his cloning process. As I say it, it just sounds so ridiculous. In his cloning process... He has figured out a way to preserve the memories right up to the point that the person died. So he exactly, and so what the fuck? Uh, that was just that was the Justice League alarm. God, just, let it, just letting us know. Stop that Justice League alarm. Um, well, somebody needs to go and handle that. Just, just, just letting us know uh, that danger is afoot. But we'll have to get to that after the show. So. Um, so in the comic book, Jackal has brought Ben Riley back, and he remembers dying at the hands of, of the Green Goblin. Damn you, Goblin! So what happens next is that Miles is is like, yeah, you know what? It, it worked, but it, it worked, but it's not perfect. Your cellular structure is still breaking down. So you know what? I'm just gonna kill you again and start over. Bang! Hit the reset button, and the comic book basically shows the Jackal killing Ben Riley. Over and over and over so and over So it's that bad again. Tom Cruise movie? Oh, oh, uh, uh, that was not a bad... you talking about Edge of Tomorrow? It was okay. It was not okay. That movie is awesome, sir. I will, we'll debate that on another show. That That is easy. So, so he keeps dying over and over and over and over again. 
And you got to think that at some point that's just got to drive the guy insane. Because you got to think that would push he, a man to uh, go nuts. Because keep keep in mind, every time he's cloned, he's got all of the memories that he had before. So he remembers each time he died. So he's like, you know, I've been killed 435 times. It's you know? a little more, kind of like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Flapjacks. Um, <laughs> and some flapjacks. Too early for flapjacks? Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, so he does go a little crazy. He breaks loose. Uh, he he takes over the Jackal's lab. He turns the tables on the Jackal. Oh! So, so he clones the Jackal. Oh! And the Jackal wakes up and doesn't know if he's the original or he's the clone. And he makes them kiss. And, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you so, imagine? He's like, well, I know what you were going to do with Peter Parker and Gwen's do you want to do you want to play a game? I want to see Miles on Miles kissing. Yeah. He's got like a glass room. It's like saw. Is yeah. it? You want to play a game? I want to play a game. Yeah. So kiss. So that's kind. Of, I mean, yeah. The, so this is a kind of the story for me is just the story seems a bit ridiculous even for a comic this book story. This sounds like fun, but you've got even you know, I'm going to tell you it might be a little much. You got people coming back from the dead. They're even introducing parallel universes into this, which. It's like the story was already... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So not only... Well, there's that giant Spider-Verse, and there's like 365 Spider-Men, and... So, okay, so get this. So Kane, who is... Again, if you don't know, Kane was the Jackal's first attempt at cloning Spider-Man. But failed attempt because his cellular structure breaks down also... Yet it somehow makes him stronger and faster than than Spider-Man. I know, right? Um, so he's been enlisted by the Weaver. The Weaver is this sort of guardian of the multiverse. Right. You, you, if you I read, remember the Weaver. If, you remember the Weaver. Dream Weaver, I believe. It. Exactly. Yeah, that one. Um, I want to see it. Like as he, I'm telling you, man, comic books need soundtracks. Exactly. Like that. It's that, like that, in the movies, uh, man. Who, who did that? Who did this? I don't remember. But anyway, anyway, okay. So, but yeah, so he, 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 so he, the, the Weaver enlists Kane to prevent this catastrophe from unfolding in the Marvel six one six universe. Yeah, the catastrophe. Um, <laughs> ever so in in these parallel universes, every time New You, okay, which is the Jackal, aka That's Ben company. Ben Riley's company, yes, and Parker Industries, yes. okay, which is Peter's company, yes. Which I find it interesting that you have Peter and his clone both with their own companies. Mm. Kind of interesting. Mm. But in the parallel universes, every time they work together, uh, the shit just hits the fan. Nothing uh, works right. Zombies are are in the streets, uh, infecting others, consuming human flesh, human sacrifices, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yeah, exactly. So, so Kane is he is tasked with preventing the new you with joining with Parker Industries. Now, Chris. If you're like me and you're not completely lost, you might be asking yourself, well, why would Parker Industries ever partner with New You? He's the bad guy. Every right? other universe wants to, so apparently they're going to bound to anyway. What is the one thing, you, what is the thing you love to call Spider-Man? The Man of Guilt? The Man of Guilt. Mr. Guilt. Actually, thought Mr. Guilty. You usually call him Mr. Guilty. I do, but he's Mr. Mr. Guilty. What, 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 why is he feel so guilty because he's, he's sad about everything what was the very first thing though he felt sad about that he didn't help uncle ben uncle ben so what do you think ben riley is offering peter he'll bring back uncle ben that he's gonna bring back uncle ben 
And huh. that's the thing that's going to get the but two here's of them the problem, to work together. So he's going to bring back Uncle Ben, but he's only going to Uncle Ben for like three days because then Uncle Ben's going to go poof and turn into a dustpan. Well, here's the thing. Ben Riley somehow, I don't know how, but he's perfected Miles Warren's cloning process. But yet his Spider-Man shit still don't work. He prevent No. He What do you mean his Spider-Man shit don't you work? You said you said that the other one they, they kept going poof and he kept killing him. Well that yeah, yeah, because Miles couldn't figure out how to perfect the cloning process. But Ben, ben did. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right. See, this this comic book has already lost me. Really confusing. Do you know do you remember how in the comic book Every time that every person that that the jackal has brought back to life, yeah. he has like, he gives them a prescription of pills yep. that they have to and take. That's what they have to take to the, stay alive. The pills yeah. are a way to prevent the degradation of their cellular structure. The decomposition. The decomposition, if you will. So, so here's where we're left at the end of the uh, issue of uh, uh, Twenty Two of Amazing Spider. Well, I got an issue here, but keep going. <laughs> ben Ben Riley, aka the new jackal has said to Peter Parker, Ooh, I like that name. we can bring back Uncle Ben. We can, in effect, th- there was a period of time in Spider-Man where, where Peter Parker was saying, while I'm around, nobody dies. And Ben Riley is saying, we can make, we can correct we all... We can make that possible. We can make that possible. We can correct all the mistakes of the past uh, if you just work with me. And the last line of the comic book is Peter Parker's like, I'm listening. So that's where they leave it. Hmm. So how do I feel about this? Uh, like I said, the story seems a bit ridiculous. Like I said, it's, it sounds like a good premise, but it sounds to me like Marvel is trying way too hard yeah. to try to compete with DC. And it sounds to me that they're like, well, let's just do this! And you're like... It's like almost like they had a dartboard with a lot of different things on it, and they were throwing... All right, let's see. We got but the thing was clones... Is- Parallel universe. The problem was is they didn't even throw the darts one at a time, James. They <laughs> literally took them all. And went, ah! <laughs> all right, the vice president and an alien and S and M sex. <laughs> there you go. That There's was, your headline for next week. I don't know if you get what that reference was from. That Spider-Man you, movie. No, 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 no. Did you ever see the movie? It was from the movie Blank Man. Did you? Ever yes, see? yes, I did. No, yes. Jason Alexander plays yeah. the the editor. Yes. And he's which is a J. Jonah Jameson ripoff. And he's an editor of this tabloid, and they're trying to come up with a headline, so he's throwing darts at a board. So it does seem a bit like Marvel's just kind of like throwing a handful of darts. It sounds like to me like they tried and it failed. It sounds to me like the classic Prodigal Son, because DC did that with Jason Todd. Yes. And they brought Jason back. Yes. And it worked, and it worked well. They try to do it here. Although I will say that I think that Marvel, if you if you want to talk about the best bringing back from the dead story, I will be Bucky. Say, yeah, I Bucky, agree. Bucky, I would say Bucky. I hate when they bring people back from the dead. I agree, but I think Bucky is the exception. I think that those I, I are the two. I'm telling you, Bucky and Jason Todd. Okay, but my thing is, is you know they were like, well, people really bought stuff when we brought this guy back. You know, and, and... It's like a marketing tool. They want to sell toys. Yeah, I mean, you know... Here's what I like about this. Okay. And I am... I First of all, I like Ben Riley as being used as a villain. No, I agree. I think it's kind of cool that we have a good Spider-Man and an evil Spider-Man. Well, the, I think he's being he's being set up almost like an Osmandius yes. sort of bad guy. Whereas he's, the only way for me to keep the world safe is to cleanse it. He's not a he's not a wah ha 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 sort of bad guy. He believes he's doing the right thing, correct. and he's actually so compelling. Yeah, but then again, most villains always believe they're doing the correct thing. Doctor Doom, Mister Freeze, a lot of them believe that they're doing 
you know, the they, correct work. They believe that this is what the world needs. I'm not, uh, Mr. Freeze? I don't know about Mr. Freeze. He, well, he pretty much just wants to be a cold, prick. Cold, prick. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he says, you know, people are going to suffer. But what I'm saying, though, <laughs> people are going to suffer. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but okay, go on, go on. But what I'm saying is, it's like, you know, Dr. Doom always wants to make the world kind of in his own image. Because he thinks that's the best thing. He thinks for that the... is the best thing right, for the right, world. Right. Same with Apocalypse. Same with True. you know, Apocalypse believes that the mutants are the best, and same with Magneto. Magneto sure. is the same way. Sure. But they believe that this is what is best for the world. So I get it. I mean, I can't even call that guy like a mega supervillain because he's just you know a guy who's just skewed. And and I think that's what makes for an interesting story when you have a villain who doesn't think he's a villain and also presents something that you have to wrestle with a little bit. Like, if you're, you're telling me that if someone came out with a technology that could literally bring people back from the oh, dead... Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd sell my soul for that. So, Well, what's left of it? <laughs> so, I, I'm my hope is this. I like Dan Slott. He's the he's the writer of uh, on a, that they had on Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. I am really hoping that he's going to to use this as an opportunity to say something thoughtful about the nature of life and death. Mm. Especially in comic books, because life and death tend to be such... Like, death is like a cold. It's like, yeah, I was dead, but I got better. I'm, I'm okay now. It's my it's my NyQuil cold flu and death. Hibernate. Yeah, yeah, Hibernol. They had a commercial on Saturday Night Live for Hibernol. You drink it, and then you're, you're unconscious for all of the season. Well... Family Guy had it with the future, and it was Quagmire. It was my, oh, my cold flu and AIDS. Oh, yeah. And and he'd walk away. And it's kind of the same thing, but cold flu and death. So I'm I'm, I'm really hoping, I'm holding out hope because I've liked... They're giving them this, you have this giant window to do this amazing thing. Either you're, it's like the Wright Brothers. Either your plane is going to go up, or you're going to crash that bitch in the ground. Exactly, exactly. So... I am. I'm holding out hope that Slot's gonna use this to say something really thoughtful and cool about life and death. I, I think it might even be an opportunity for Peter to learn a lesson. The fact that maybe you know, it's gonna be the acceptance, the acceptance of death. Exactly. He's gonna look and say, you know what? I I would love to have Uncle Ben back, but I I don't have that power. Yeah. I don't I don't have that power. That's not within, and I don't. It's not within my power to stop everyone from dying. I'm just one person. I can do the best that I can. No more. I'm hoping they'll go in that direction. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. So how, that, how is the art? I gotta ask. Is oh, it the same continuation of the art, right? I am gonna really try to get the, his name correctly. Uh, I only wrote the name down for. Oh, by the way, I should give credit to to Christo, Christos Gage. He is also the yeah. the writer on uh, Amazing Spider-Man 22. Uh, Giuseppe Camuncoli. That's very. Oh, that's beautiful. I put a little put a little yeah, flourish in it, but. It's been that cartoon style. I love, I love that style. It's very fitting for that Spider-Man. He, he's a, he's a great uh, talent. Yes. Gi- Gi- uh, Gi- Giuseppe Camuncoli is. Uh, I really love his work on the Spider-Man book. Uh, I've that would. So my only complaint, like I said, the story is just kind of. It, it's just, really it, stretching the boundaries of. It like, sounds to me like it's just cloudy. A verisimilitude. You know that word. You ever heard that word before? Verisimilitude. Yes believability it's like even for a man a story about a man that can climb walls and spin webs you're just you're you're even pushing that boundary you're pushing the boundary you're pushing the boundary um 
I I've been reading a lot of other stuff. Yeah, tell me what other stuff you've been reading, man. Yeah, um, so I I finished reading Civil War two. I think next show we're going to be able we'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. I want us to actually. Do, do you need it. to catch up on it? Have you I do, it? but I think we need to have a full blown discussion. We with need it. to unpack yeah. Civil War two. Okay, yeah. we'll save that for another show. I've been revisiting Marvel Zombies. <laughs> I just, I know you like it. You like that. That's I do, and I don't. You, oh, okay, go, go ahead. Like Explain. I said, I do because some of it's really cool. You know because. You, they kind of... It's like beautifully grotesque. Yeah, because some of them just give into it. And they're like, well, screw this. I'm eating people. I mean, yeah. You know, and they're just going nuts and eating people. You, you haven't even been bitten yet, Hank. You know? Oh, well, fuck it. Ah, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Win in Rome. <laughs> you know? But then you've got people like Spider-Man, Mr. Guilty, who has that conscience to where he still tries to hang on to be a human being. And he realizes, you know, meanwhile, his, his jaws are... Bone. Well, He's well, like, oh my god, I hate my family. Well, like, well, I know. Hang on, let me let me let me fill you in on that, buddy. Um, so the way the, the kind of the rules, you know how every z- zombie genre has its rules. Yeah. Like in uh, you know in well, traditional one... zombie comics, when you destroy the brain, you you kill right, the, right. the zombie. Um, except with cat. Except with the well, no, actually, uh. Actually, he ends up getting taken up by the Red Skull because the Red Skull reaches in and plucks his right, brain. Right, but if you remember, if somebody throws and it cuts off the top part of his head. That's true. And then his brain is just sitting there hanging out. That's, and that's true. Yeah, and he rips it out. But the, So one of the rules of the Marvel Zombies world is that when they are hungry, the hunger completely dominates. It takes over. All. Like, it's like a great white shark. The lids flip back yeah. and they just... Eat. Feeding friends. They just kill whatever comes their way. They'll even eat themselves to try to to solve that problem. There right? was I love there's that. a part in the book where like to to help keep the hunger at bay, uh, one of the zombies pokes a hole in his stomach and keeps eating the same piece. So he puts it, he chews it, and swallows it, and reaches into his stomach, pulls it out, eats it again. It's disgusting. I want to think it's Hulk, but. No, no, no! It was uh, you, no, it was Hulk. It was Hulk. It was Hulk, right? Because when he turns back into Bruce Banner, he's like his, his stomach. His stomach explodes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but when they're full, when they're full, they regain the consciousness of their former. They regain their personalities, and because Spider Man's Mister Guilty, yeah, he's, he's like, like, "Oh my God, what have I done? I ate Mary Jane and Aunt May. Why did I do that?" Reed Richards of the Ultimate Universe. He's communicating with what he thinks is a parallel. Reed Richards, right, uh, from another universe, uh, and it turns out it's the zombie Reed Richards. And he wants them to come, right, 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 because they ran out of they ran out they of ran food. out of food. So, so this the Marvel Zombies was actually spun out of that story, yeah. Um, and and so, you know, it's 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 interesting. I'm I'm having a brain fart right now because what I'm the point I'm trying to get to is another part of the Marvel Zombies that I've been reading, which is a lot of fun, Army of Darkness yes. versus Marvel Zombies. Oh, that's awesome! So you've got Ash yeah. in the Marvel Zombies. I remember universe. that. I read that. Oh, so much that. fun! It was really good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm reading Marvel Zombies. Uh, I'm reading uh, DC Trinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of a retelling of, of the Trinity of and Wonder by the Woman. Trinity, Superman, Wonder Woman, and of course the Dark Knight himself, Batman. And and they're having to meet again uh, for the first time, so to speak. Because this new Superman, it's, uh, you call him Beardo Superman, yeah. we call him... He's OG Superman, is really what it is. He's, he's the, the OG Superman. He's the first Superman. He was actually the Superman from the 40s. Exactly. He's the Superman from, you know, that we've all, you know, known the, the, this, this whole time. Yeah. So so they're having to get to know him again. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying that because that book is kind of doing some explorations of 
what makes each of those characters special, special and what makes them, what defines them essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm reading uh, in Batman right now, uh, issues 10 to 13. I'm reading this as well. This is really, I, I actually kind of like it. I know you're you lukewarm. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a different storytelling and um, the, the, it's the storyline. It's called I am suicide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I think it's it's a different telling, and this you know. You want to tell people a little bit about what the do you I remember like, what the story is about? You do better than I do. Okay, well, uh, it, uh, Batman has to go to Santa Prisca, right, which is a fictional island that exists that is, in the DC universe. One leader, one leader who would be Bane, Bane, Bomb. No, Wait, not, that, not, not that, not that Bane, not that Bane. The uh, the uh, perhaps the one not that Bane, not that Bane, not that Bane either. Okay. Of course, Mr. Wayne. I worried you had been gone forever. That Bane! That Bane! You mean that Bane? That Bane! That Bane! Then I will never have the pleasure of breaking your spine. Yes. That, that Bane? Okay. Yes. You mean so, the Spanish assassin? The, the Spanish assassin? The Latin assassin, Ooh. as it were. Um, so Batman has to go to Santa Prisca to steal something. I won't spoil <gasps> it entirely from, from Bane. Yes. And he has to put together his own version of the Suicide Squad, which is why the story is called I Am I'm Suicide. suicide. I'm I'm a little lukewarm on the writing. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I enjoy about it is they're using the story to explore a bit of the relationship between Batman and Catwoman. I love that because she she's one of the members of the of the Suicide Squad. Well, and see, that's always for me. I always feel like she's the one that got away. Oh, she's always the one that got away because he always tries to help her. He always tries to you know he's like no. I want to bring you on the right path. You know, he kind of did that with Huntress, you know, and, and yeah, Huntress yeah. worked. And, you know, and she's like, yeah, but that's not fun. And she goes back to what she does because that's just who she is. And and they explore the, the differences between, they are so similar in that they're, they're, Very both, much. they're both orphans, but there are some key differences between the two of them. And, money. And so they're, no, not just money. But money. Uh, Bruce had, had Alfred. Right. She had nobody. And she, and she had nobody. And money. Yeah, he had lots of money. See, that's the thing too. It's like, you know, I am. Uh, you know me. I am the one of the biggest Batman fans in the world. Yeah, yeah. Ever. But it's fun because you know, Clark and him can sit there and bitch all they want. I was an orphan. I was an orphan. Wait a minute. You mean you had two adoptive parents who had a farm, who made yeah. decent money, who absolutely loved you and yeah. helped you guide you through your powers and got you to high school and got you through college and paid for your college? Yeah. And then the other one. <laughs> Well, I was I was an orphan too. Wait, wait, wait. You mean you had a guy whose job it wasn't even his job anymore, who took it upon himself to raise you into a decent human being and to try to, you know, make sure that you saw the light in life and who still makes you see the light in life exactly. and you know, treats you and he's the only person in the world that I love. Alfred is the only person in the world that can treat Batman like he's still a kid. Yeah. Like, right. you look at, you know, um, Michael Caine said it best. All those bloody push-ups and you can't lift up. Right, 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 right. And just that, that stupid stuff. Or, or one of my favorite lines from uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm when, uh, when Kevin, the very talented Kevin Conroy, he, he says the line, uh, you think you know everything about me, don't you, Alfred? And then Alfred's line back to him is, I diapered your bottom, I bloody well ought to. I, 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 I yeah, love that. Yeah. But Selena didn't have any of that. No. She, she was on her own. She was out on the street. She was a thief. She, she That's the only way that she knew how to survive. So, so the, you know, the I Am Suicide story is is exploring the relationship between the two of them. And I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, 
there's a new Venom series out. Uh, and I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard some people like it, some people don't. Uh, count me with the people who don't like it, Chris. Why don't you like it? Uh, okay, so there are going to be some spoilers. Now, in keep this. it short, but let's, you know. I, I don't like it because they're making the symbiote talk. I heard he has control over it, but, like, he can take it off and put it in a closet. Yeah, the, so the, the symbiote attaches himself to a new host. Well, the symbiote was always able to communicate, but it, it would not, like... Like, it was kind of like a schizophrenic kind of thing where it, it would was, talk to him. It was more of a telepathic kind yeah. of communication. They were one. I think when you start having the, the symbiote talk, uh, it just... It seems ridiculous. I don't know. It just seems silly So it turns into the Little me. Shop of Horrors? Yeah, he's kind like... Kind of a, feed me, Eddie! And it, you're like, man. Eh. Exactly, but they've totally castrated this, this version of Venom because... Okay, Venom, the, the symbiote, I always thought was a great analogy for, like, the devil on the shoulder telling tell you to do you, the bad thing. When Venom first came out, yeah, and, like, do you remember the image? And Peter is inside his bedroom, and he's getting changed, and there's this lightning flash. And you look, and you see Venom, like, hanging onto the wall, and it's Parker. Like that. And the thing is, is... He was scary as hell. I remember... I don't know what you're talking about, but that's scary I'll, as shit. I'll have to find it. Like, <laughs> but, but I found Venom to always be kind of that, that scary... You know, he was that monster type, and, you know? And the symbiote is supposed to be like this scary alien yeah. menace. And by ha by having the, the symbiote talk, uh, I just I feel like you lose that. Uh, worse yet, you know, the symbiote was always so threatening and dangerous because it had the ability to take over its host and make its host do whatever you, you wanted it to do. Right, right. Uh, this guy, this new host, somehow has the ability to control the symbiote and smack him around. And it's just, it completely just, yeah, it, it just completely, cat. I mean, there's no way to put it, it just completely takes away the teeth. So he's not you, scary if you will. It's not scary anymore. So, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of fallen flat with me. Uh, I'll give it maybe one more issue, okay. and, and then if I, you know, I'm, I might bail after that. Alright. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. So, this is like a, uh, this is kind of a parallel universe mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a miniseries or if it's going to be an ongoing series, but this story takes place in a world where Peter and Mary Jane are still married. Right. So you know I already like that. Yeah. And they have a kid. Right. And they have adventures. Does and it's really neat. Wait, so it's like Johnny Quest? Kind of. I mean, it's it's like it's like the Fantastic Four, but with Spider-Man. They're a family. Even Mary Jane's got powers. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, the, that's maybe the, the one thing. So, all right. So back up for a minute. Mm -hmm. In this parallel universe in which is set Renew Your Vows, there is a villain called the Regent. Okay. The regent had technology that was able to strip all the superheroes of their their powers. Right. And so he he could basically absorb all of their powers each time he defeated a superhero made them made him way more dangerous. Mm -hmm. They defeat the regent, Spider-Man actually and his daughter defeat the regent and uh, partially with the help of Mary Jane cuz Mary Jane got her hands on one of the regent's suits right. which gives her powers so she has kept the suit. Oh. And so now she, Peter, and their daughter, who I think's name is Anna, I think their name is Anna, um, they all basically are a superhero family. Oh. Because in this world, there, I, I think there aren't very many superheroes left. So I, I can hear people, the kind of collective groan about, oh my God, Mary Jane's got powers. I, I, I can grant, I'll grant you that. 
Um, I'm not a big fan of when they give traditionally non-superhero power, uh, non-powered characters powers. Yeah, but I know. you know how I feel about One More Day. Uh, I think getting rid of Spider-Man's marriage in the comic books was one of the biggest missteps yeah. in history. This seems like... This they're trying is, to make up for it? They're, they're trying to satisfy people like me. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that, Marvel. I appreciate you throwing me a bone. So, d depending on how things go with the clone conspiracy, if I don't like the way that's going, I may stick with, with this book. This may be my Spider-Man book. Mm, okay. Um, so, I'm, so, I'm reading that. Uh, there's a new Avengers book out. Yeah, um, I've seen it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. It's uh, so this is a, a an Avengers book that has Spider Man, so he's a member of. I, I love team books. That yeah, include Spider Man. I do too. Um, I like the idea of it because they have so many different stories to tell, and you kind of, you know, it's endless. Like you know, this could be a Hawkeye issue. This could be a Spider Man issue. This could be you know a Hulk issue. You mean like team team books? Yeah, yeah. That's why I love. That's why I love the team builds. Th this story, so it, it involves time travel. It involves Kang. Kang, you know Kang I the know Conqueror. Kang, Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror, so villain from the future who uses time travel to to try to conquer the world. Uh, he looks like a he looks like a He-Man action figure. He looks a little like a He-Man action figure. So um, so actually, Vision, so the Avenger Vision, in order to in, in sort of almost like a Terminator play. Go ahead, talk. I want to do it. Do, okay. Do, do. In a, all right. In a move to neutralize the villain known as... I can't concentrate while you're doing that. Yeah, King. Um, he actually travels back in time to uh, abduct baby Kang to stop him from turning into Kang. And so when the other versions, the future versions of Kang, learn of this, they get pissed off. And so they, they, they go and beat the shit out of uh, Vision and, and are like, where, where is baby Kang? Wait, who beat the shit out of him? The future versions of, of Kang. Okay, because because here's here's my thing though. Uh huh. This stuff is so absurd. <laughs> but that very possibly so absurd. Vision thinks he's doing what's for the greater good. Right. Like, isn't that a bad thing? Doesn't it kind of make him a villain? It it kind of does. See what I'm saying? It's kind of messed up, actually. Yeah. It's like you know what? No, what gives you the right to right. to go and, and do that? Uh, so so yeah, and this really puts the Avengers in jeopardy. Now, because what does Kang do? He's like, oh, you're going to go kidnap me? I'm taking the babies. No, yeah, yeah no, I'm going to kill the baby. He's going back and killing the Avengers before... Well, that's when, not when fair, Steve. He can't run. He's got polio. That's right. It's, it's not ah! fair. So, so who is the one Avenger left to try to save the day? Hercules. Ugh. <laughs> I know, right? So, so yeah. Hercules, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. Hercules. Oh, God. You know what's crazy, too, is like... That is a name that you haven't heard since 1976. And I know, it's for right? Good reason. I know he's well. They're bringing him back, man. They're bringing Yeesh. him back. Does he still have the beard and like the bands? He's got the beard, but he's wearing like a quasi, remember that goofy suit. He's wearing like a quasi like Olympian slash future suit. It's yeah okay, but if you remember, he too looked like a He-Man action figure. He he looked more like a He-Man figure. Uh, action figure than I think even Kang did, and that's saying something. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 okay with with this. I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on it. Um, I'm reading, of course, Escape from New York. I love this uh, series. Escape from New York uh, meets uh, Big Trouble in Little yes, China. It is so cool. Th this is also just ridiculous. I'm telling you, I want the world to rip open and. I want Stargate to be involved. <laughs> I want Tango and Cash. How about Soldier? 
Yes, <laughs> bird on a wire. I mean, I want <laughs> all of these. You want all Kurt Russell? I want all of these Kurt Russells. Oh wait, I think bird on a wire was Mel Gibson. Close enough. Well, let's throw him in there too. Close enough. Um, so I'm, I'm reading that uh, Invincible Iron Man. Yes. So, so this is Riri Williams. So this is the end of Tony and the beginning of Riri, Riri Williams. So now in the Marvel, and what is her name now? Iron what? Uh, Ironheart. She sounds like a Care Bear. Iron, she does sound like a Care Bear. I good call. I Wait, didn't even think isn't about that. that. The, isn't that the name of the bad guy from the Care Bears? It might have been. Hold on, keep talking. Maybe it was Iron Lung. No, no, no. That was no. Hold on. Okay. Anyway, talk uh, about the comic. Well. They're doing something interesting with Iron Man. No, his Man name now. is Darkheart. Darkheart. Close enough. You might as fucking well be. You, you were pretty close there. Um, they're doing something interesting with Iron Man now. So you realize there are two Iron Men in the Marvel Universe. There's Riri Williams yes. and Doctor Doom. You realize Doctor Doom is no, putting I, on. The, I have not seen that yet. He's putting on the Iron Man armor. Man, everybody can get a hold of that. Norman Osborn got a hold of it. He's getting a hold of it. You, know, you would think Tony Stark would have better security. You'd lock that shit down. Yeah. Uh, but, I, of course, if anyone's going to have the intelligence to build or to have that suit, it's going to be Victor. It's it's Victor Von Doom. Absolutely. Because the man is probably one of the most, he's the smartest oh, yeah. Yeah. people in the Marvel Reed, Universe. Reed, Reed Richards' level intellect, yeah. uh, definitely Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, they're they're kind of using a cheat, so so to speak. Uh, in that Tony Stark is in the book, but it's not Tony Stark. Okay. Tony Stark created an AI, a Jarvis, if you will, oh, of himself. Oh. So so Riri Williams is uh is Ironheart, and she has Tony Stark in her head, so so to speak. Oh my God. Um, that is, no, you're, that's Iron Doom. Yeah, yeah. I like Iron Doom. I think he's pretty cool. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you, Invincible Iron Man is written by the very talented Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I really just enjoy his writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I like the development of Riri as a character. They're having good use of flashback in this story. Uh, it's, it's kind of a neat origin story. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. So th this is one of those books that I, I think I may stay with for a no, while. No, I, I agree. Like I said, I'm really interested with this one. So, you know, especially when you bring that on. To me, that's that's fantastic. Um, you know, I, you know, the list goes on, but I'm looking at the time. We've we, we got to move things along. So yeah, let's go. Why, why don't we talk about something that you read recently? Well, um, I, just a reread, actually. I've kind of, uh, I've actually had a, a an actual comic book in my hand for the past uh, couple weeks, so... You're not killing the industry. Killing good it. good not for you. I'll killing trees, but not the industry. All right. Um, I started rereading. Um, well, if it was on recycled paper, uh, who knows? Then you're good. But uh, I started rereading uh, New Frontier. Great book. The the classic by Darwin Cook, and I will tell you that this is probably my top three uh, favorite storylines. Um, if you're not familiar, I highly suggest it, and I, I, I would say go out to your local comic shop or comicsology or wherever you want and, and grab it. Make sure you get volumes one and two, because there are two different volumes. But this takes the classic golden age superheroes and puts them in an, uh, an actual scenario going through. Like in the beginning of it, they're going through the Korean War. Hal Jordan is a pilot fighting in the Korean War. Right. Superman right. works for the United States government mm -hmm. destroying the Korean War. I think that's why it only took so long, or why it took so <laughs> so short. 
Um, and then a metaphysical uh, being is found within the earth and is known as the center. And the center is able to control people's minds, able to kind of take them over, but and it wants to conquer the world. Kind of a new villain, too. Yes. This, this was yeah, we've never really seen it. Created specifically for this story. Yeah. And what's kind of weird, he infects certain people to do his bidding. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the people he infects is a uh, uh, children's storybook uh, writer and artist. Mm-hmm. I forget the guy's name, but it is comparable to Dr. Seuss. Like, literally, you see, like, a version of the cat in a hat hanging there and, like, all his books and everything. And mm-hmm. you can tell it's, like, you know, the wuzzle that wasn't, you know, and, right, and stuff right, like right. that. And it writes about the center. And what does it do at the end? The center gets rid of him. The guy takes a gun, puts it to his head, kills him right then and then. I, rem- I remember this. So, but... Kind of disturbing. Yeah, but it's so cool for me because you, I love golden and silver age comic books. So, so I was thinking it starts kind of in the golden age and then and it goes into the silver. silver age. Yeah, yeah. Because Batman, you see two different suits. Like at first, he's the original with the black bat. And he doesn't have the purple gloves, but, you know. The big kind of almost like, big almost like ears devil horn and, yeah. ears. And there was a kid who was kidnapped uh, because a cult who was worshipping the center mm-hmm. was trying to sacrifice the child. And they go in there and... Um, they, you know, they're, they're trying to save everybody. Well, actually, it's it's John Jones, who's recently come to Earth, and he's now taken the persona of the detective, and he's had one of his hunches, and I right. use my little quotes, because he's telepathically, he knows where everybody's going. Right, right. So they go in, and they end up taking care of all these people, and Batman goes to grab this kid, because the kid was tied up and hung on the wall, and the kid starts screaming. And he's like, no, no, get away, get away, get away. And he's trying to kick him. And he's, he's like, get away from the boy. You're scaring him. He's scared of him, yeah. And he picks him up. Well, later on in the Silver Age, Superman asks him, he goes, and he sees Robin, you know. And, and it's really cool because Robin looks at him and he goes, wow, you do know him like that. And he goes, don't you have homework to do like that? And he's like, <clears throat> and he like storms off or whatever. Right, right, right. But, and Superman looks at him and he goes, because Batman's oh. in a different suit He's now. in a different suit and he's in the Dick Sprang style, you know, with the, the, the front face plate and... He looks friendlier. He's yeah. got the eyebrows. And, and he says to him, and he looks, he goes, what's with the new look? And he what's goes, with the eyebrows? He, you know, <laughs> he goes, what's with the new look? And he says, um, he goes, my intention was to scare criminals, not children. So I love that. That's um, a great moment. I, like I said, I... You, you know what? I'm sorry. Just, yeah, go ahead. One of my favorite moments in that book is the and exchange. And I think you're going to talk about it because I actually want to bring that up. It is my favorite quote in that entire book. Between, between Batman and Mash, uh, Martian, Martian Manhunter. Man now, this is after he's um, gone through the center because what happens is is they, they have like the candle vigil and somebody like, knocks over a candle and catches this giant curtain on fire. And John, of course, just turns into a moth. He's scared, but he drops to his knees and he's kind of like mesmerized. He's stuck. Right. So Bruce has already learned. He's, he's figured it out. He's he knows. Got, he's got his number. And he says the line. He says, Go ahead, just, do it. He goes, just so you know, I've spent almost a million dollars for a green meteorite that'll take out the man from Metropolis. I only need a penny for a matchbook for you. I love and that And I line. love that, that line. such because, a Batman line. Because he lets him know. He's like, listen. He says, I believe your intentions are true. Yeah, I believe you're trying to help. He says, but... Make no notice. You know, he's like, don't take my kindness for weakness. I will drop a Martian. Yeah, he was like, I will drop you. you know? I, I love that. I, That's I love one it. One of my favorite, like, such a Batman move. Yes. So, but it is such a great story. And you get to see, like, this is when Hal gets his powers. And mm-hmm. 
Um, it's kind it, of an origin story for, for, oh, for a lot of people. For, for him, for him, um, Flash just has recent like he's been a, a superhero for a little while, but mm-hmm. he's still trying to get the hang of it, and he mm-hmm. actually quits because the government is banning masks. And kind of shades of Watchmen, kind of because there. actually, what you see, shades of Watchmen, you actually see like the Justice Society like walking away from everybody, and everybody's throwing stuff at them and don't want them around. I got to read this. So yeah, this is this is probably like I said, it's my top three. This is, you know, like right up there with with you know my favorite. Stuff. I was gonna say what else? What else is in your? What's in your top three? Uh, for me, I want to say uh, they're actually both Batman stories. One okay. of them is called the Shaman series. I absolutely really? loved the Shaman series. It was a very brief stint in the eighties, um, and it, it talks about how Bruce developed more of the Batman character, but also it also comes in this. Is Batman really the real person, or is Bruce Wayne the mask? You know, and it delves into this kind of psychological aspect of it. It is a great series. I have it. I'll, I'll let you borrow. Okay. And then the other one is uh, Batman Year One. Oh I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I can. I've read it a hundred times. I can read it a hundred times more. Sure. So, sure. but yeah. Okay. So I highly recommend it if you guys haven't read it. You know. Um, it is a great read. It is. It's a it, long read. Though. It is a very long read. Get a get a big tall cup of coffee, yeah. hot cocoa, or something. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a long fire. read, but it is so cool. And it's also cool because you get to see heroes that you don't really see that that often. You see Adam Strange. Adam Strange is involved in it. Um, Adam Strange is actually in Arkham Asylum because they think he's nuts. Um, oh, because he, 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 he says he's an alien. He's no, he's talking says, about the center. He, no, Adam Strange. He tells them, oh, I'm from the future, and I jump through a time loop, and because I jump on a beam of light, and people look at him like, this dude's fucking nuts. All oh, right, So right. they lock him in Arkham. So he's crazy. Um, I wonder if there's any relation between him and Stephen Strange. I, I don't know. Maybe they're, they're you know... Cousins? Cousins, uh, uh, twins, lost at birth. Another one you get to see are the Blackhawks. You only saw the them. Chicago Blackhawks? No, Hockey no. Team? The Blackhawks were an elite fighting team, uh, jet fighters. And what it was is it's kind of like the theme or the the uh, Blue Angels, kind of, but it's it's more like the premise or the plot of like Iron Eagle Two, <laughs> where there's an American one, there's a Russian one, there's an English one. There's, oh, really? You know, and they oh, all band cool. together to you know disrupt the you know the, the evil element and stuff like that. And they they were involved during the war on the Allied powers mm-hmm. to to you know flush out the axis and they kind of stayed together and kind of a um sky captain kind of a thing love that movie. Uh, all right so let's do some movie talk yeah i don't care what people say either that movie's awesome yeah so anyway but yeah that's a little bit what i've been reading okay awesome all right there'll be spectacle there'll be fantasy there'll be daring do and stuff like you had to put this in here and uh i know it's going to be a bit of a downer yeah but let's let's start with it because it always helps yeah but we can tell the funny thing about it yeah yeah yeah. we, you know? we, we definitely can't um uh, as as many of you may know on december 27th 2016 uh we lost we lost our princess we, we yeah, thank you chris we, we lost our princess we lost the very talented carrie fisher um i i I don't. I didn't think we could really do this show. You know, we say we're the show about comics, movies, yeah. and all things in between. 
Uh, and we're, we're a show about, you know, where we talk about science fiction, and th this was just something that we couldn't ignore. Um, you know, Carrie Fisher was an in incredibly talented, you know, she was Princess Leia to many of us, but beyond that, she was, she was an actor, she was a, a writer, she was a comedian, mm -hmm. uh, she was a she, mental she's health... She's very funny. She, she's extremely funny, and if you have not seen any of Carrie Fisher's uh, stand-up uh, one woman show. There's actually one up on HBO right now called Wishful Drinking. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Uh, very funny and talented woman. Um, another thing too that really makes her near and dear to my heart is she's a she was a mental health activist. Yes. Uh, you know she she struggled for many years with uh, bipolar disorder with substance abuse. And when you see her talk about it, Chris, the mm -hmm. thing that's inspiring is. She was, like, just out in the open with it. Oh, yeah. The, the thing that's so destructive about mental illness is people are often so, uh, they want to keep it in secrecy. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And that is the worst thing you could do for, uh, for, for someone who is depressed, uh, for someone struggling with addiction just to keep isolated is the worst thing you can do. And Carrie Fisher was a great uh, model for, I think, of how, how to be... Uh, being out in the open and just saying, look, this is me. This is how I am, world. Yes, I have this problem. You don't like it. Suck it. I mean, right. and, and you know, so uh, I have to say, I, I was. it's not often when a celebrity dies that I, I pause and really reflect on it. Yeah, you know, it's one of those... You kind of look at it and you're like, oh my God, this, you know, this person has been in my life for exactly. so long. We, we grew up with her. Yeah. Yeah, my. I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous. If my, I don't know. Maybe not to you, but maybe to other people. But my whole concept. <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. I say, my whole concept of, of like how to find a woman. How to yes, yeah. my whole concept, the template, if you will, was the Han Solo, Princess Leia relationship. Oh, that's so you funny. Know? That is so. So funny. so I just I have to say this to you, Carrie Fisher. If you're out there, uh, I love you. And you may not have even known, but we all loved you, Absolutely. and, and we, we will all miss you. No, Chris, great. Any, anything else you want to say? Chris? Yeah, there, there was two things, uh, three things, actually, that I, I wanted to say about this. Like I said, she was also, she was the first, like, standalone female character that was, you know what, I don't need anybody to save me. I can handle my own. Like, if you look, they're like, you're going the wrong way. She goes... Fine, we'll follow you. You know that kind of thing. She can handle her own. Well said. Well said. And you know, um, one of the things that I absolutely loved was John Boyega put a photo. I think it was on his Twitter, and it was her and Mark, and Mark Hamill, of course. And it's him with his scruffy beard, you know. And he's in his Jedi robes, and they're sitting in these chairs, and they're just smiling, and they're like all goofy and mm -hmm. like like. Mm -hmm. She's leaning over, and he's leaning on top of her, and they're just all cuddled up. And mm -hmm. I just, I love that. And you know, it was it, it was such a heartbreaking thing to find out that they had done that. You know that she had passed away, and mm -hmm. she was supposed to be in these other Star Wars movies because mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, she's a general now, she's yeah. General Leia. Mm -hmm. I mean. And, but she'll always be a princess to us, Absolutely. Right? <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, um, one of the things that she was lucky enough and something that she was most proud of, if you guys don't know, in The Force Awakens, her daughter is actually in that movie. Oh, really? Her daughter. I didn't know that. Yeah, I can actually show you. Um, 
she does this brief cameo when they're doing the um they're they're talking about the the plan the end plan remember where they're all like always they're all sitting there and they got the holographic thing and they're all talking about their their battle plans um and she helped her uh she walks up to her and she kind of gives her gives her mom kind of like she walks past her and she does this nod to her mother because during the, she has long hair and she puts him up in the buns. Oh, I never. That's noticed, her daughter. I never noticed that before. So you know that I know is cool. Now, a, another, you know, really, this is this tells you her sense of humor, Carrie Fisher's sense of humor. Now we all know, like you said, she had mental illness, and she's like, yeah, guess what? I have it. Deal with it. Right. Right. Or, one of the things that she had gotten was an oversized pill. But it was a Prozac pill, an oversized Prozac pill. And I guess one of her, it wasn't even one of her wishes, her her son or bro, it was her brother said, I know she would have liked this. They put her ashes in the Prozac pill. It's, it's an urn, right? right? It's like a, it's a Prozac, yeah. it's an urn shaped like a pro, yeah. giant Prozac pill. So it's very fitting. Oh it's my very goodness. Fitting, and it's her sense of humor. Funny. Um, I'm, I'm currently reading a, a book, and I, I recommend it to all of you if you haven't read it. It's, it was the last book that she wrote. It was called The Princess Diarist. Mm. And it, you, you might find it interesting, Chris, because it's, her, it's a collection of her memoirs of when she was auditioning in the original oh, wow. Star Wars. Yeah, I see. And she tells all of these really great stories, and she's just got such great wit, and, and that comes out mm -hmm. in, in the story. Uh, so, so anyway, Carrie, Carrie Fisher... Uh, we we will miss you, we will but miss you. Uh, you you will live on uh, with, with us through through film and, and right. through our remembrances. Right. Um, Moving on, j just uh, kind of last piece uh, of uh, movie talk. Uh, th there have been a lot of announcements recently about yes. Justice League. Yes, uh, I posted a couple on the Facebook page. Stuff that we've seen, you know. And, so. and I know I haven't been very active lately on the Facebook page. Well, you've been busy. You have a kid. You I, have I, life. Yeah, I apologize for that. My son, don't worry, guys. I'm here for you. My son sometimes demands a lot of my attention. So yeah, that's that's why there's two of us. We can we can tag team. Every once in a while, I gotta tag tag out and yeah, Chris what it is. tags in. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about that they briefly talked with, um, they released this new image, and it's Cyborg leading the team into battle. Now you have this beautiful, actually high definition image of this CGI um, Cyborg, plus Wonder Woman's on the side, Flash, Aquaman. You can kind of see, you can tell he's there. But he just looks like a Viking holding a pitchfork. I think, looking at this picture, Affleck is taller. He's the tallest one there. He's taller Affle than Momoa. Affleck is a tall dude. People don't realize he is a tall dude. Yeah. He's like 6'4". So, but the, also, we get another image. We finally get a, a better image. I want to say a better picture at the new armored Batman suit. And it's not the clunky, you know, Frank Miller... Uh, Batman it's versus not Superman. The, it's not the anti-Superman suit. No, it's not. This one looks more reminiscent of the Arkham Knight films. It, it does. You, you, and you notice, I just, I'm noticing this. He's now. got the goggles. He's got goggles, kind of shades of Night Owl. Yes. Almost. Don't get me started. I know <laughs> a bunch of people who were bitching about that. And I know, you know, people who would put that on and that's all they would talk about. And it drove me insane when somebody did it. 
<laughs> so, yes, he's wearing goggles, but I think it's only going to the be... The goggles, they do nothing! Yeah, I, I think it's only going to be, you know, somebody who... Um, I think that's only going to be a very brief moment. Um, so we learned that. Another thing, too, I know that we've learned, the flash suit that we see that's hanging up mm-hmm. is not going to be the final costume that we see. It's the final costume! Oh, I like it. Sorry. Anyway, um, so it's not going to be the final costume, but I think what I think is going to happen is if if you want to compare these to the Avengers, Flash is our Spider-Man. Yeah. Because he starts out with this crummy suit that he kind of puts together. Someone's like, well, you're kind of funny looking. And either it's either going to be made by <laughs> Cyborg or it's going to be made by Batman. I can see Batman saying that. You're kind of funny looking. You're kind of funny looking. <laughs> anyway, um, and he gets a new suit. And like I said, I really like to compare Flash to Spider-Man because... He's that young, smart kid who just got powers, and he's still kind of trying to figure it out and what he's doing with it. He's going through puberty. He's all awkward. Yeah, you know. So, but he's the young. He's the young buck on the team, and so, like I said, we'll we'll see. But I think that that's what DC's trying to do with the Flash. They're like, hey, Spider Man was a big hit. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Chris, I know. I gotta say this. I I don't want to be the fly in the ointment. But you're gonna be. I don't want to be the fart in church. But you're gonna be. I'm. I'm gonna be. I hate to say it. I am not excited for this movie. And I think I came up with a very good reason. You did. You. You did. Because this. Batman, this is the. This is the Justice League of America. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for my entire nerd life. Yes. I should be losing my. My mind, yes. Okay, my my son, my your mind it. might be blown. My mind should be blown. Yes. Okay, and I'm I'm like meh. Yeah, I'm I, not I, excited for this. Well, movie. the other thing is too, if you think about it, promotion wise, they're not really promoting it as well. Well, it's it's a it's still a long way. I know, away. but they're they're not pushing it as much as I thought they would push it. Push um, it, push it real good. Yeah. So, but the thing <laughs> is, is, you've already had a bad taste in your mouth, a la Batman vs Superman. You already, it's like eating, a, like I said, a bad piece of sushi, and it's mm-hmm. your first time eating sushi. Are you going to give it a second try? Yes. However. No. Th- yes, you are. Because <laughs> you're going to go. But the thing, for the, for the Ninja sake, Turtles all over again. For the sake of this show, you're going to go. But the thing is, is you're already going to go in that second time, and you're going to go, well, I already tried it once, and I didn't like it. Yeah. So, but it might very well could be good. They've already said that they're going to lighten it up. They already looked at it and went, whoa, too dark. And they knew that. You know, my problem with Batman, and you're right, the bad taste in my mouth in but question you have to, but is you have Batman to, v Superman. But I think you still have to watch the director's cut. But what I was The gonna, director's cut of Batman v Superman actually explained a lot of reasons and it actually was, wasn't that. My, my problem with Batman v Superman wasn't that it was too dark per se, although I, I did that think... That was dark, dude. I did think that Superman was too dark. It was the storytelling was just very, very poor, and the dialogue was was very poor. Now, true, I haven't seen the unlimited cut. Yeah, maybe that might change my mind. I've heard some people say that. I don't think it'll make you say that it was the greatest movie ever, but I think you'll go, okay, it'll go from a sixty-five to a seventy. I mean, this is—it was Batman and Superman on the screen at the same time. Again, I should have been losing my mind. Okay, you know what? And I always like to compare it. Do you know what it reminds me of? 
it was the first time you saw two superheroes team up on the same thing, and it was in the Avengers movie, and it was when Captain America is fighting Loki and Iron Man shows up. And when those two look at each other, he says, Captain, Mr. Stark, I lost my mind. Exactly. You lost your mind. Exactly. And you were hoping for that. And I, I was. know we were. But I wanted that. Is, it, it, you know, it's, it's not. Didn't, didn't yeah, get it. Didn't get it. I'll t- I am more excited, actually, for Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot. I, I am, too, because it's going to be a period piece. We do like those. Um, but I'm telling you, we at least got to give it a try. We at least got to look at it and, and see where it's going to go. Now, I've heard some really stupid things about this movie. And I'm praying to God that they're not true. Oh, no. They're saying that Batman is going to have a vehicle, and it is called the Spider. And it is literally a moving spider, like out of Wild Wild West. Oh, This no. damn thing is going to climb tunnels and do all this kind of stuff. And that is the rumor. God. I'm praying to God that Why? they don't. Because I'm looking at it, and I'm like... It's like the Spider-Mobile all over again, you know, where it climbs up the walls and it does like that kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm, but at least that makes some sense. I know. Because he's Spider-Man. He's, I know. Oh, God. Okay. But. All right. But that's a rumor. It's a all rumor. right. Sure. All right. Let's 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 move. Let's, move, let's move along. Yeah, let, let's do some toy talk. Uh, <laughs> okay. Where does it get those wonderful toys? Let's broaden our minds. Lawrence, I, I I had to put this in here, Chris. This is hilarious. You're a fan of the Aliens franchise. I love these movies. You love Aliens, right? We're you know we we quote it all the time on the show. Game over, man. Game over, right? I mean, yeah. we we love the Aliens movies. So, I it makes me very happy to announce that we're getting a new figure. Well, it's not really even a figure. It's, it's a, like a replica. It's a collectible. It's a collectible. So. Uh, this went up recently on Big Bad Toy Store. Uh-huh. Uh, it is uh, it's a replica, right, of the Aliens M fifty six smart gun. So the one that Vasquez is the holding, the huge big gun that was put together with Tinker Toys. The, the huge big, yeah, the huge big gun. It's it's about uh, about forty eight inches long, I think. Uh, that's what she said. That's what she said. Um, and uh, and and so it, it's it's a large replica. There's a picture of it up on Big Bad Toy Store if you want to check it out. We've got it up right now. We're looking at it. It's pretty slick. Chris? Yeah? This, too, can be yours for the low, low price of, are you ready? Yeah. $1,199.99. Jesus Christ! Seriously? What?! What's wrong? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't happen to have that. I mean, I like aliens and all. <laughs> now, here's my question. Does this thing actually work? For that amount of money, you'd think it would, right? <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, is I can buy a top-of-the-line, like, rifle and handgun, and it'll actually be cheaper than that. I can buy a real gun. A real gun! Kill some real goddamn aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Uh, this is, I don't know, this is like, I think if you own a comic shop and you want to have like a little bit of swag up on the wall, I think that's, I think that is... This is somebody who has more money than sense. Go and buy it. Because you know what? You don't deserve to have that money. Yeah, you know what? I think it was Ferris Bueller that said someone with, to paraphrase, someone with priorities that far out of whack does not deserve that much money. I agree! (laughs) Um... Yeah, but I saw that I had to include that in there. Oh, I just, I, I my, that makes my stomach hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's like there are children starving in Africa. You're spending a thousand dollars on a gun that doesn't work. You know what's even worse is 
I could probably find the schematics and find somebody who builds cosplay guns. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure they've built them and like, mine cost me 50 bucks. Or less than a grand. Oh my God, yeah. Mine cost me 50 bucks, you know? So and, I, I just had to throw that in there. Oh, I, my I, stomach I, hurts. I thought that that was funny. Um, and now you mentioned, it's funny, you were talking about New Frontier. Yeah. You, you were very excited to tell there me. There is a new line. Go ahead and look them up. There is a new line of New Frontier figures. Um... I think it's the designer. Uh... Yeah, it's the designer line. So they have a Darwin Cook. And they have a few um, ones that you've seen before. They did a new version of Wonder Woman. They did a new version of The Flash. Um, but... And a, and a Batman, too. Well, figure, the Batman it? is part of the second wave. Oh, is it old? Yeah. Okay. It's part, no, that's the new one. This That's part of the second wave. The first wave was Flash, uh, Wonder Woman... Um, Harley Quinn, and the last it's, seriously one, they have a Harley Quinn. They have a Harley Quinn, and it's very nice. But the last one that I was most excited about, mm-hmm. they made a John Stewart. Well, were any of those characters even yeah. in? John Stewart is in it very briefly. Um, but there's no no Harley, or if so, it was very very brief that you didn't really see. Go ahead and just look in Google. Yeah, I'm, uh, okay, I'll, I'll look in. I'll look in Google. Look in Google. Um. So this designer line and the new series that just came out, one of them that included was Batman. Now, if you remember talking about the story, this is the first appearance of Batman in the story. This is the golden age Batman with the big ears and um, it looks so cool. And it was so cool to the point where I had to buy it. So, uh, yep. See, there's the Harley. Here we go. Yeah. Go look on, look on images. I want you to be able to. Actually... Sure, sure, sure. Oh, and a Catwoman. I forgot. The Catwoman's pretty nice. So yeah. look at that. I absolutely love these figures. You know, people will ask me often, my wife in particular, why do you collect so many action figures? Why, you know, if you have a Batman, why do you need more than one Batman? And these figures answer, for me anyway, they answer that question. These are 3D renderings. Of my favorite comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You have a particular artist that you like. If you like Darwin Cook, this is a 3D rendering of his work. Wave 2. Okay. Keep going there. Uh, oh, you got a Supergirl. You got. I like that Batman. That that Batman is. That Batman slick. is nice. And like I said, it it you know I love the Supergirl because she comes with Crypto and uh, the Super Cat. I forget the Super Cat. I always forget. Streaky. Yeah. Streaky. You got a little lightning bolt on the side. Holy shit! Right. I just went Uber nerd. Woo! Uber nerd. Um. Yeah. These are these are some great looking figures. Uh. But that's why I mean well, even better. How much do you think these figures are? Oh well, I would—I don't know. I would imagine like somewhere like uh, eleven billion dollars. No, I mean, depending on where you find it, one thousand one hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. No, no, it is not. It's a—it's a low, low price. Our friends of VR Comics are selling it for twenty-three bucks. That's not bad. Twenty-three dollars a figure. That's really now. Good. Of course, if you really want to do some hunting and some dealing, you can go online, and I'm sure you can find it for cheaper. But twenty-three dollars for a figure like that. That's not terrible. And folks, you know, we got to support our brick and mortar stores. I like to buy off of Big Bad Toy Store as much as the next guy, but if we want our comic book stores to stay open, you got to you got to give them your money. Yeah. You you, gotta, you need to show up and bring money. Bring bring money. So bring money. If you're in the Vieira area, we want you to stop by and see our friends at Vieira Comics. Right. If you're in Orlando, we want you to go and see Mike's Comics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, no, I, I like those. Those are those are good. So uh, I think they're up on Big Bad Toy Store. I just I, I couldn't find them, so I just I did a Google search. No, I'm for them. I'm sure I'm sure they are there. Like I said, I just that's not where I saw them. Do you want to talk real quick? Do you want to talk about that Wolverine? 
Sure, Let's sure. Talk about yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mean the the stuff of Nightmares Wolverine? The absolute is... nightmare. You know how they had a nightmare Batman? This is Nightmare Wolverine. So, so yeah, he's a uh, he's a hot toy. He, he is a hot toy. So you know what that uh, means? That's not he's like expensive. We're not saying like he's cool or anything. That's literally the name of the company that makes him is Hot Toys. Now, if you're not familiar with Hot no, Toys, no, 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 it's not Hot Toys. Sideshow Collectibles. Oh, okay, okay. That, Sideshow Collectibles, of course, they're their own branch, but they're they're kind of another knockoff of the Hot Toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Basically, you are spending almost three hundred dollars for an action figure. These are the. These are. Awesome, because if, these if, things. If are... you want your girlfriend or wife to leave you, and you yeah. want to do it in style, this buy one of these. It. Buy one of these. Toys. Well, let me tell you. But what's always funny with me with Hot Toys is they have like an Agent Coulson figure, and I look at them like, who in their fucking right mind wants? I mean, the do, you, do you really love him that much? Maybe the guy who lo- was Coulson. You know, I could see him wanting <laughs> it. Like, hey, I'm a giant fucking figure. That's me. Yeah, but. I don't see anybody else, so that's one guy. You mean you don't want the Agent Coulson figure, Chris? I, I really don't. For two hundred and forty-nine dollars. Really so go ahead and click on the one where it shows all the parts, all the pieces and parts, huh? Yeah. So this Wolverine. How about the fact that his head is just sitting there? Yeah, that, that's uber right, creepy. It comes with two different heads, um, masked and unmasked. Um, he's in the classic brown and yellow, which is my favorite uniform. Um, but I will tell you. This thing is the thing of nightmares. He's got this giant grin, and like his mouth is open, like he's growling. He looks like he got hit with the Joker toxin. I was just thinking that it's somewhat, it's like that rictus Joker smile. It's really screwed up. Um, They did some kind of different changes, like his gauntlets are actually like leather gauntlets. Which I thought you said they were pretty cool. I like what they did with the costume. If you look at the brown, it looks like an animal that he killed. It looks and like a yeah. Looks like it's like, like a pelt, deer, like a pelt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go down, look look at the other things that it comes with. So it this comes is... with two different heads. It comes with a cloth fabric mask that the unmasked head you can put it around it, so it looks like he he took it off and put it around. Yeah, yeah. This one actually comes with different biceps and arms, so you can the arms don't move. Mm. So the different biceps, you know, and and hand parts will either have his hands extended or or flexing or whatever, and then he has different grips like his hands are open and then the other ones are fists and then those don't have claws and i think it chooses them his jerking hand (laughs) that's a fist buddy so you don't have the ninja sword in there do you ever notice every wolverine figure comes with a ninja sword he's he's a ninja he's a samurai he's a samurai he's 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 gotta get right Uh, yeah yeah but like but for this I'm not spending the low, low price of two hundred and forty nine ninety nine for me to wake up and have this fucker staring me in the face. Oh my god, no, it's creepy. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna buy this for your child and I'm gonna put it in the bedroom. Oh no way, man. No, yeah, <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll, I'll call you up at two a.m. Come and get your Batman when he, when he, yeah, when hey, he starts crying. Guess what? Uh, Come yeah, and get your Wolverine. The mighty Adam is, uh, is up again. Thanks a lot, Uncle Chris. Yeah, you gotta put me on Skype. Put him to bed. Right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So it's. It's a nice looking it's a beautiful figure. figure. It's very detailed. I mean, it's very frightening though. But I'm not. I'm not. I. You know what? It was funny when I first saw that. You know, it was the first thing out of my mouth. I was like, "Is this a Frank Miller?" Because yeah, you know, may, Frank may, Miller always does like that. You know, he tries to. You know what? Maybe Chris. Maybe that because Frank I don't know. Miller does have those kind of expressions. I don't know. But it even said it was like he's, his face is in a berserker rage face, and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, 
I don't like it. That's the that's the face of a man that is fighting with a bowel movement. Right? That's what that's what that that's he what that face is. He's just not happy. <laughs> All right, so bite. Come on, buddy. Show that turd who's boss. Just bite down and give him hell. Give him hell. All right, guys. Well, we're we're at we're about out of time You're for our way show. Out of time. Way out of time. Uh, listen, do you do you have thoughts about what we've said today? Uh, do you have opinions about any of the topics we've talked about? Uh, also. Uh, Jay and Chris, toy bounty hunters, we're we're still here. Do you have a toy that you're trying to find? We want to help you track it down. We'll find it for ten, but we'll catch them and kill them for twenty. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so yeah, contact us. You can send us an email at justusnerdspc. That's PC as in podcast at gmail.com. Send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message on our SoundCloud. Send us a message or picture on. Uh, what's that? Insta, Instagram, Instagram, uh, or send us a message on YouTube. You know, whatever you know, whatever your persuasion happens to be. Uh, we got some big things planned for 2017. We hope to have uh, our you know, many guests. Ma- many guests. I-, I think probably we talked about our next show being uh, having the uh, the very talented uh, Jim Fern. Uh, possibly, for, for, possibly for for the next show. That's not locked. I like to throw my hat over the wall. You know, it's like. All right, I'm not going to throw my hat out, but we're going to have Jim Fern and Stan Lee and Kevin Conroy. You literally just threw like a closet over the wall. Not on, just your hat. Bro. On the next show, or I will eat my hat. Uh, I'll bring <laughs> the barbecue sauce. Um, anyway. So, yeah, we, we have some... And also Jamie Engel. We want to have Jamie yeah. Engel on the show this year. So we, we, we expect to have even more guests this year than last year. Very excited for junior... Er, no, excuse me. Sophomore. So, sophomore year. Sophomore Jumping year. ahead, dude. Jumping ahead, yeah. Um... So, so yeah, stay stay tuned. Uh, I'm thinking probably our, the frequency of the show might change from weekly to biweekly. I mean, that's just with you know me being it a dad on now. What we're doing. Yeah, you know, we might be busy. We we have we have stuff. We have things. Okay, we're very important actually. Believe people. it or not, this podcast is making us very busy. It's, that's, it's that's one thing that I love. Incredibly busy. So, uh, yeah, we we hope you'll be there with us. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this our first episode of season two of the Just Us Nerds podcast. We gotta take off because the Legion of Doom isn't gonna kick its own ass. I'll call us a ride. We hope you'll join us next time for our continuing conversation on comics, movies, and all things in between. Bye-bye and take care.